0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Group void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Very direct comments from Coach Mike Holmgren yesterday. We thank him for coming on and being candid with us. And now the man that's always candid with us on a daily basis. Seahawks at 7, which is now Seahawks at 7 seven seventeen. Sorry about that, Greg. We had a tough time getting a hold of you, but it was not your fault. So, uh, But we got you, we got you now. And uh, you know, echoing some of the things that Mike Holmgren was talking about, Pete Carroll and Mike Mullarkey yesterday in their press conferences, their Monday press conferences, were asked questions about the decision to stay in the locker room. And boy, oh boy, were they! Uh, was one willing to uh, dance, and the other one was simply willing to dodge all questions. Right? Talk about the uh, that the, the conflicting way those two t- uh, those two men handled that situation.
1: Well. It- the difference was, became apparent during the day that Pete Carroll was intimately involved with the players all weekend on what they were going to do before the game. They had, I was told they had hours of meetings Saturday in their team hotel in Nashville that I was actually staying in as well to discuss first with veteran leaders how we're we going to go about this, what do you want to do, what are your best ideas, and then to bring it in front of the entire team Saturday night in a team meeting, which was very emotional. John Schneider, the GM of the team, described in the radio pregame show how emotional it was for people with differing views some trump supporters on the seahawks who didn't want to necessarily partake in the same thing that the people who were against what trump said and, and are uh, fighting for their cause were there there was a disconnect there and the seahawks had to get through that to decide what they were going to do and they decided to stay in the locker room in nashville so as to not put those who didn't necessarily want to join in and a protest during the anthem, be it sitting or kneeling, uh, so they didn't have to make a choice. They just stayed in the locker room as a team. The Titans, on the other hand, and it became apparent by hearing Mike Mullarkey's comments yesterday, and Eric Decker's wife came out and said that Decker did not know that the, the Titans were staying in the locker room. It became apparent to me, and even reading their statement on Sunday, that, that Mullarkey was not involved much in the decision, it had, it seemed it almost came down from the higher ups in the Titans organization mm. certainly not every player they didn't it's become pretty obvious the Titans didn't have a team meeting to discuss what do you want to do and opposing views and that the coach wasn't intimately involved with every detail of that and apparently not every player knew about what the Titans were doing so that that's a very exact opposite way these two teams dealt with this. It sounds like the leaders of a group of players from the Titans were talking to a group of players of the Seahawks up until a few hours before the game on what to do. But the absolute consensus or 100% participation, it seems, was only on the Seahawks, Mm -hmm. according to what just come out about Eric Decker.
0: I read Decker's wife's Comments, and I have a hard time believing that Eric Decker was tricked into staying in the locker room. I, 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 he's a professional football player that's played a lot of games before. I think he right. kind of knows what time to go out on the field for the national anthem and what time. I mean, not that you're always checking the clock in the locker room before the game, but that I, I don't know if I, if I totally buy the whole. Oh, I was, I was hoodwinked, man. I wanted to go out, and I was tricked from going out with the
1: anthem. Well, tricked could have been i'm I'm supposing here i wasn't in the titan blocker room but decker finding out as he's about to take the field that the rest of his team isn't coming or most of the team wasn't coming and so then he had to make a split second decision do i come out here as a rogue titan the only guy or one of the only guys (laughs) take the field and then then he was boxed in and that would be tricked in the sense he did that and maybe that's probably more realistic as to what happened
0: how about uh, on the field? How about some injury situations with the with the Seahawks? I was looking at my Pete Carroll translation book, and, uh, now, and I know if he were to say, use the word legit strain to explain the groin of Doug Baldwin, that would be a bad thing because that would be my book says that's at least a month if it's legit. He didn't say legit. He just said, well, he's got a strain. So I'm thinking my translation book says less than a month, but I don't know if that means a game or two or not
1: right we'll see has been, and what he said is we'll see during this week we'll see will see does that mean? has become synonymous with they truly don't know and his status is questionable for the game coming up it's been uh, if I had to take an unscientific guess, it's been shading on the side of guys end up playing in the weeks that Pete Carroll say we'll see. Jimmy Graham, for instance, last week was a we'll see okay. at this time. See,
0: you've and got he... this down, Greg. You've got the <laughs> translation book down. That's very good.
1: If you only knew <laughs> the nuances that we have to do. So I, it, I truly think the Seahawks don't know because they are still going through the testing of the groin MRIs results. Apparently, not in structural damage. Uh, it doesn't sound major. I wouldn't conclusively say that Baldwin will play on Sunday, but um, he's, we'll see, On literally, in Carroll's case. they And Baldwin's the kind of guy, and most of the veterans are, that wouldn't have to practice all week, even Friday's white walkthrough, and still be able to play on Sunday.
0: How about pro sites?
1: All, all signs are good on him, and okay. Pete Carroll kind of – he said he's still getting his ankle looked at, um, as if there were no definitive results of that. Uh, that doesn't sound serious either. Reese Odiombo is another guy who's getting his ankle looked at. He missed the last play of the game. Matt Tobin had to come in on the last offensive play because Odiombo limped off. And if you remember, he he didn't get off quickly enough and that they had to stop the clock to take the second timeout huge. away from the Seahawks. It cost them 40 even, seconds. Right. Even bigger than that, of course, was the timeout the Seahawks had to take on offense early in the fourth quarter. Because if they had not had to take that first timeout and Odeyamo could get off the field, then you don't have to onside kick with 150 left. Right. You can kick it deep, use your three timeouts on defense, and still have a chance to get the ball back in decent field position. Uh, the timeouts when you're down two scores in the fourth quarter, and I saw, I think you referenced it on Twitter during the game as well, but I made a big mental note of when you're down two scores in the fourth quarter, you cannot give away timeouts just in case you get within that one score. And it, it handcuffed the Seahawks at the end of the game to have to onside kick.
0: What did he say about fourth and 22? Because I made reference yeah. on that yeah. on Twitter as well. I just said, get your points, man. There's 7-11 left to go in the game. It's not The, the game is not in the waning seconds. You get, right. your, get your three points instead of going for it on fourth and 22. How did he respond to that?
1: Well, there's another um, – P. Carroll book you need to re- decipher. He said after the game, sometimes you just need to go for it. I just wanted to go for it. Sometimes you just have to go for it. Oh boy. That's and not I him
0: getting he, hormonal again. Remember when he got hormonal about 10 years or 8 years ago against I yeah. think it was the Falcons kicking a, you know, a 92-yard field goal. <laughs> but yeah. I got hormonal.
1: I think he he was in so many words admitting he screwed up there, okay, and what the at the time, what I thought was the reason he's going for it is because he doesn't really believe the the defense as gassed and run over as it was. He didn't think the Titans were going to get stopped on three and out. He thought for sure the Titans were going to be able to run the ball at least across midfield, chew up most of the time, pin the Seahawks deep in their own, and if not score again. And then when that ended up happening on the succeeding drive after the missed fourth and 22, is the Titans ran it once, inexplicably threw it on second down, then got a penalty, and then had to throw it on third down trying to get the first down and threw incomplete. Right, right. It was a three-and-out drive that lasted like 40 seconds. And that was, in retrospect, obviously, the play would have been, the better call would have been to kick that field goal. I think mean, Carroll knew he screwed it up, but he just said sometimes you just have to go for it. It was a very short answer of about 10 seconds.
0: I'm glad you have a PhD in the language of Pete Carroll. That really helps us on this segment. So we'll we'll talk to you tomorrow, Greg. Thanks, man.
1: All right, thank you, dude. You
0: bet, Greg Bell, uh, Seahawks at seven. Yeah, he's got a PhD. I, I don't even have I don't even have a bachelor's degree. I'm I'm still learning here. I'm still in school on the Pete Carroll translation code. But uh, that's what we have, Greg, here for daily schnoz coming up right around the corner here on 950 KJ.